You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. All right. Hey, good morning. Paradox Family here at church, Paradox Family Online. So good to be here with you this morning. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Paradox. And, um, you know, I was, I've been thinking, you know, the, the words to that song, you know, I, I will follow you anywhere. There's a million reasons to trust you. No, ma- no, no matter where you lead, no matter the cost, we, we, we sing that on Sunday morning. But the truth is we don't want it to cost us anything. You know, like, will we follow when it gets hard? Will we follow when people don't like that? Will we follow when it gets uncomfortable for us? And recently, you know, I, I know, we, man, there's a million fe- reasons to follow Jesus. Um, that, is, that is true. But this year for me, it's felt like there's a million reasons to, to just do what, whatever I want to do. Because there's an excuse, right? It's, it's like, hey, COVID, hey, 2020. This, this year, so it doesn't matter how you're feeling. I, I've, I've, I've felt some pretty low lows this year. Amen? I don't think I'm alone in that. But when I'm in that, here's what, here's what God was showing me this, this week. As I was kind of reflecting on that a little bit, I know that I have reached a point personally where it's time for me to choose something else. I, it's almost like I've sat, I've sat there. I've been in it. I've, I've done it. There's been so, I, I have a million reasons to go, you know what? I can, I can indulge, I can just binge on, on Netflix, uh, I, can, I, I can eat whatever I want, I can feel as sad as I want, I can be a, as alone as I want. And this past week, I felt like God was saying, Dave, it's time. It's time. It's time to choose joy instead. And there's, there's certain moments where I think that we, we just have to choose it. Like, it's, it's not going to ever be the thing that we feel it may not be the easy thing. It may not even be what we feel like doing. But when we choose it, when we go, you know what? I trust you, God. I, I, I'm deciding. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do the right thing. I, I'm, I'm going to choose joy. That is when we start to see it. We can sit in it and never see it. Or we can step into it and start to experience it and feel it. I'm doing that. I just want to invite you. Like Maybe you've been, you've been through it this past year. What if today... Start it, you know what, 20, the rest of 2020, it doesn't matter where God leads. It doesn't matter what is going on around me. I am going to start to choose to say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to unfollow my feelings. I'm going to unfollow the past. I'm going to unfollow my friends or popularity. I'm going to unfollow my comfort and start to follow you, Jesus. But as, we, as we do that, one of the areas, one of the most uncomfortable, one of the most difficult areas that, that can be is in our finances. But in finances, there is... This is part of our worship. We may not feel comfortable in this area. We may not know what tomorrow will bring, but there is a choice that we can make, and it's part of our worship. Sometimes we don't know just how God is going to provide, but as we say, God, I put you first, and I trust you. I will follow you anywhere, even here, even through, even through the wallet. God, I trust you, and I'll put you first. That's why we do an offering here. It's part of our worship. It is part of our choice to follow Jesus, and I promise you, it doesn't always look like comfort. It doesn't always look pain-free, but when we choose to follow him, when we choose to trust him, it is always worth it. He's always good, and he always has something more for us than we would have had had we not. 
In that spirit, we're going to take our offering right now. You can do that on the Uversion app by simply clicking a, a button. Uh, you can do that uh, if you're following along online. There is a link that's coming up right now uh, that you can just click on and do that as well. If you're here live with us, uh, there are buckets in the back. If you came prepared to do that, we thank you for your joyful generosity. If you're just checking out Jesus, if you're checking out church for the first time, please, please allow this time to be our gift to you. We know that you will experience God in a fresh, meaningful way, and we don't want to put anything in between you and that. Simply let this time be our gift to you and receive everything that God has for you in it. Here's the one thing that you can do, though. We would love if you would fill out one of these, a Connect card. Whether you have been here for a long time or you have... You're just checking this out now. Again, you can do this on version. You can do this on our website on that link. Or you can do a physical copy right here. We would love if you would fill one of these out. This is our way to get to know you. You can connect with us. We want to help you get connected to God, get connected to his people, his purposes, whatever that looks like. So whether you have recently moved or you're ready, you're ready for us to know who you are and get a text message or an email once in a while about some of the things that are going on, small groups, volunteering. This is the way that you can do that. We would love if you would do that. We're just happy to help connect you in any way we possibly can. Uh, I want to talk especially to the students. We want to get you connected. If you're in middle school and high school, uh, we want to see you connected in a group of real people. How awesome would that be? You don't have to think about any of the uh, you know, hybrid, virtual stuff like that. Uh, this is an area that so many of our students we know have been missing over the last, geez, six months or more. That is why we do Revolution Youth Nights. It happens every other Monday night, including this Monday night coming up. So if you have a middle school or high school student, we have a lot of fun. We play good games, we eat good food, and we're, we hang out with good people. There's a great message. We would love to have you come out to that. It is here at the church, Monday nights, 6.30 to 8.30. Parents, maybe you can have a break too. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Monday nights, Revolution Youth Night. Go, but going back to ways that you can connect, back online, I know we've been throwing some social media things under the bus here throughout the Unfollow series. Um, that is why we have been saying for weeks now that there, we want to be able to connect with you outside of these platforms if that is what you would like to do. And we're re really, really excited about next week because we are going to be launching some new tools that you can access on ParadoxChurch.com. That if you can't be here, if you're camping, if you are uh, maybe sick, uh, not feeling well, just not comfortable coming out, um, you can always go to ParadoxChurch.com. That should be your first move now, and there's going to be links to a, an interactive, interactive experience right there on our website where you can talk with other people, uh, get prayer, connect with people. Uh, there will also be links to our Facebook experience, uh, YouTube coming as well. A lot of different things coming, on, coming up. We want your first move to be ParadoxChurch.com. That is where you can find all of that and then more, especially as we get into a brand new series next week that you're not going to want to miss. It is called Indivisible. And one of the things that, that we look at, uh, most of us have heard at one point or, or another, the Pledge of Allegiance, I pledge allegiance to the flag. And, and at the end, there's this phrase, one nation, undivided, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And so... Um, Unfortunately, I, I don't know that we are looking at a whole lot of unity in the coming days. Just because November 3rd rolls around doesn't mean that on November 4th, everything's going to be hunky-dory. 
there's a good chance actually that 50% of us are going to be feeling pretty angry, disappointed, hurt, confused. And so in a world that is so divided right now by so many things, where is a place that we can go? Where is our anchor in the storm? Who are the people that are called to unity where there is an indivisible spirit that we can say, you know what? There may be division all around us, but here at the church, in the church, we do not put our hope in politics or, or a, a candidate or any issue. We put our hope in Jesus here. And that is what causes us to be indivisible. We're going to take a look at the book of Ephesians coming up. You can, again, be, you can follow along with that on paradoxchurch.com or right here. Bring someone with you. Bring the angriest person you know. With you. <laughs> Right? There's usually a reason. There's something going on in here. Uh, we just want to bring, we want to bring some peace into this. We want to bring unity into a place of division, and that is why we're doing this series. I am so excited for it. But first, we are going to be getting into the fifth and final chapter of the book of James in this Unfollow series. And um, as we were looking at it, there, there's this, this, this tool, right? Social media can be called a tool. And it can be. It can be used for all kinds of good things. Many times we see it used for not so great things. Uh, but there is a tool that surpasses them all. James 5 is all about prayer. And so when, we, when I was thinking about this message, I reached out to one of the women in my life uh, who prays the most, who knows Jesus. I know this. Uh, her, her relationship with God is one that I just look at and I go, yes. I want that. I'm so excited to introduce to you today, Renee Richter. Thank you. One of the things I was excited about was to uh, preach for the first time and to do it um, in my home and with my family. So thank you. Uh, when I was uh, chatting with God about this, uh, I talked with uh, Dave about... Um, mentoring me on speaking. And he's like, hey, how about James 5? And I was like, okay. Uh, so I, I read uh, James 5, and I started praying about it. And uh, the visual uh, aid that came to mind was a tool belt. And so I labeled uh, this message, what's in your tool belt? And so I thought, okay, so what can I, what can I get at home to help um, bring that message home for you? Well, my husband is uh, a home improvement guy, a handyman, and he's on the uh, home or handyman team here. And whenever he goes somewhere, he doesn't bring just a tool belt. He brings a tool bucket. So I thought this was perfect. One of the things that we love about this at home is that whenever we need something, Bruce will often, if he's not home, he'll just say, well, go look in the tool bucket. So there's just about everything that we would need here. Uh, we have hammers, we have different types of screwdrivers, we have flatheads, we have Phillips, um, we have measuring tapes, we have awls. Um, as I was practicing the sermon, I even found that there's a little pocket filled with screws and nails and all different kinds of things. So this, I thought, was the perfect um, example uh, to use for our message today. Um, one of the things that... Um, I wanted to talk about was Bruce's measuring tape. Ooh, I had it right here. Oh, here's a, there's a special pocket for it. So if you're at home and you want to hang a, a, a picture, oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes Bruce and I will grab a measuring tape so we can 
make sure that it's uh, in the right place and we can even it out on the wall and, and things like that. Um, but if this was the only thing that we, that we had, well, what would you use to hammer the nail into the wall? You could use the measuring tape, and this is a, a really nice measuring tape, and it, it may work. Um, but most likely what you would end up doing is you would break the measuring tape, damage the wall, or just not get anywhere at all. And um, Dave has been uh, talking with us about social media. And many times uh, we start out thinking that social media is a good tool. The internet is a good tool. Often uh, when I need to find an answer to something, I'm Googling it. When I want to keep up with family, I'm looking on Instagram or checking out Facebook. Or um, for my ministry, I want to encourage people with social media. But that isn't always the right tool. It doesn't give us fulfillment. It doesn't always give us the knowledge and the direction that we need. Um, yeah, I can see pictures of my, what I call my nieceslets, and, which are my nieces, nephews, and their little children, or haven't found a cute name for the nephews yet. But um, I, can, I can definitely do that. But it doesn't replace the time that I get to grab up those little babies and hold on to them or give a hug and a kiss to my nieces and nephews and my, and my other family. I'm hoping that on social media that my posts are encouraging to people. But it's not the same as if I were to come up to you and hold your hand and pray with you, give you a word of encouragement, um, cry with you, or for you to cry with me and pray over me. So it's not exactly the tool that God has uh, given us. And so I wanted to go over the tool bucket that Jesus has given us. So one of the things that you would find if you were to literally look at your tool bucket is um, when we were knit together in our mother's womb. Psalm 139.15 tells us that we were knit together in our mother's womb. And I love that because when I study Genesis and I see that God got down on his hands and knees to mold and shape Adam out of the clay, I thought to myself, gosh, I would have loved it if God had got his fingers dirty, got his hands dirty, and, and molded me and breathed his life into me. And then I came across Psalm 139, 15. Each of us was very specifically knit and designed by God. How special is that? And then 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. And this is how I got the word for this morning, equipped. His divine power has granted to us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, which is God, who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So we have been specifically designed, and we have been given all things that pertain to life and to godliness. And then in Galatians we read um, chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. So we've pretty much covered everything. We have design, we have um, spiritual, uh, the fruit of the spirit, and we have everything for life and godliness that comes in our knowledge of God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. There is not one thing that has been left out. There is not one experience that you'll walk through, not one joy, not one suffering. Whatever it is that we are going through in our lives in this moment, we have been fully equipped to walk through with Jesus. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much. Um, First of all, that you speak through our friends and family to bring us encouragement and hope. And Lord, when I went to Glenn and I said, please, please, let me know what God wants me to do. And your word to me was to open my mouth and you would fill it. So Lord, I just, I just, I stand here with my mouth wide open so that you would fill it. And so that the words of my mouth would be your words and not mine that your words would go out with power and with strength and with hope, that we would be able to choose joy, like Dave said, to find patience and steadfastness in all of the tools that you have given us. And I just just pray that uh, we would have eyes to see you today, ears to hear from you, and God, most of all, most of all, give us a heart that is ready to receive the message of love forgiveness, hope, um, whatever it is that each of us is looking for, whether we're in this room or online or or checking it out in a couple days. Lord, you have a specific message for each of us, and I pray that we would find it today. Amen. So I just wanted to kind of give you an overview of what James is. Um, We've been studying the book of James for, this is the fifth week now. So who in the world is James? When was this book written? Almost 2,000 years ago. James was actually the brother of Jesus, Um, and he was the pastor to the Christians that were in Jerusalem. And uh, so why is that important? Because I think that sometimes when we look at the Bible, we think, okay, yes, this is supposed to be the word of God. Uh, My pastor, my teacher says that every word is breathed through the Holy Spirit, is living and active, uh, word sharper than every two-edged sword. But it was written thousands of years ago, so how does this pertain to me? Well, James wrote this book to the Christians that, or to the Jews that had recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, that he had died on the cross for our sins, that he rose on the third day, and he ascended to heaven to be seated next to the Father. They chose to believe that about Jesus, and they were Christians. They were persecuted by the Roman church. They were put in Colosseums and eaten by lions. They were hung on the cross. They were tortured, they were beaten, they were stoned to death by the Jewish church. Um, So these people scattered. We look at 2020 and we think we have never lived a life like this in all of our years, no matter how many years we have had. I want you to know that even though James wasn't, wasn't aware of our 2020 and what our suffering has been like, that he knew suffering. He ended up being stoned to death by the Jews outside the synagogue because he refused to say that Jesus was not Lord, that Jesus was not the Messiah. So James knew suffering. So this word that we hear today 
definitely comes from somebody who is aware of what suffering looks like and is trying to give us a word of encouragement. So I want to read what he has to say uh, in James 5, 7 through 10. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also may be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against me or against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So when you've looked at 2020, uh, oh, I forgot, James 1. Let's pop over to James 1, how he started out the beginning of this, this book. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and that steadfastness has its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So when you've looked back at 2020, did you go to patience? Did you go to joy? Did you go to steadfastness? I don't know that I can say that when I'm in the midst of suffering that I'm looking for the patience. Like Dave said, you have to choose joy, and um, over the last four or five years, um, that has definitely been something that the Lord's been working on, that I have to literally choose it. I may not be experiencing it, may not be the first thing that I feel in the morning, but I have to choose it. But it is not the first thing that I go to. Um, I was talking with somebody this morning. Um, I don't always share my story because my story is not, my story of chronic illness is not how I want to be defined. I want to be defined as a woman of God who has been chosen by him to love him and have a relationship with him. That's how I want you to see me. Um, but I've had a chronic illness for 30 years, a um, couple of them, actually. And um, this year started out with a mysterious abdominal pain that I had no idea what it is, and I think I finally have the answer now just as of a couple of days ago. Um, I am a registered nurse, so while um, people were being quarantined, we did not stop working. Our office stayed open, and I was even deployed into the hospital when they were short-staffed. I got covid Thankfully, it was a mild case of COVID. While being deployed into the hospital, I was kneed in the face by a patient that had dementia and sustained a closed head injury and a concussion that, thankfully, the last two weeks I haven't had symptoms of, but I'm still having symptoms of those things. Um, and then, of course, going through the, the investigation as to what my mysterious pain is. So I have seen suffering this year. Um, and while I was in the office and in the hospital, I was experiencing spiritual warfare. People were afraid. They were anxious. And as I was trying to encourage them, it was heavy on my heart. So that's what I've been experiencing this year. So I, too, can come to you with this message, uh, not as a teacher just projecting an idea onto you, but as somebody who has also experienced it. So what do we have in our bucket here that's going to help us get to patience, joy, and steadfastness? Uh, I went back and forth about this set of glasses because uh, I'm not spending a whole lot of time on it, but I really think that this is something for somebody to hear. 
our first thought, since we're going literal, is that we would put on our safety glasses. Now, I think that safety is important, whether you're doing handyman stuff or whether you're uh, in the medical profession, I think safety is good. However, when we put on protection, is it a good thing? Is it a wise thing? Or are we protecting ourselves so much that we're closing ourselves off to what God has to say to us? Are we closing our hearts off, hardening our hearts so that we don't receive the message that God uh, has for us? And like I said, that's a, that's a thought for somebody. I'm not sure who that is, but it was something God wanted me to share. What I put on is I put on my special glasses. <laughs> Got you to laugh. <laughs> um, so what I turned to when I was listening to this was 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And it says, okay, someone said to wear these the whole time. I can't. <laughs> I personally would be distracted if I was looking at me. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Is that right? Yeah. Um, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Ooh, did I write down the wrong thing? Um, and we, with unveiled faces, beholding the Lord of God, are being transported into the same image, degree of glory. To, yeah, it is the wrong. Oh, I meant chapter 3. Ha! Huh, okay. Uh, here we go. So, see, you don't should always underline things in your Bible, because that's exactly where you go to. Um, so we do not lose heart. Through our outer self is wasting away, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And as we look not unto the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. What are you looking at? Are you looking at the things that are constantly in front of you, whether it's the internet, billboards, television, social media? Those are the things that are seen. Sometimes those things prevent us from seeing those things that are unseen. So we pray like I did this morning, and ask the Lord to give us eyes to see him, to see the message, the encouragement, the hope uh, that he has for us. Because those things are right before our eyes. Are they really uplifting? Are they encouraging? Are they life-giving? Or are they discouraging? Are they leading to loneliness, anger, and division? Think about that. When I was thinking about how do we see those things that are unseen, those things that are unseen that Paul is writing about in Corinthians, he's talking about the things of God. And we find those unseen things by taking the time to spend time in the Word of God and in, pr in prayer, talking to him, chatting with him, having conversations with him, and just finding out what is it that you want me to see that's going to bring me patience, joy, and steadfastness. In John 13, 44 through 46. Can we just go back to wasting away and needing bifocals? Okay. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and he sells all that he has to buy the field. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in the search of pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold it, so that all that he had, he bought it. So why would I tell you about that? Well, first of all, I want to tell you that the tool, when you have a treasure, Bruce has all kinds of fun things, is a shovel. So the Lord wants us to take his word and to go digging for a treasure. The man that found the treasure in the field sold everything that he had so that he could dig it up and have um, and keep for himself, hopefully not himself, but I mean to have that treasure. And I think, you know, I I look at the sermons that we listen to, the books that we read, um, the conferences that we go to, our small group leaders, all those things are good. They're good messages. I found encouragement in those things. But I don't have a mind like a trap. So if you were to ask me what the message was a couple of months ago and say, hey, were you blessed by it? I'm sure I was, but I don't remember what it was. I can't quote it. Thankfully, I remember a few weeks ago, you know, in this series, I'm remembering things that Dave shared, and I probably could repeat it to you. Um, But this is a taste. This is like seeing that treasure in the field that that man saw so that you can go home and you can grab your shovel and you can find that treasure that Jesus has for you so that you can remember it. Now, if you were to ask me about those verses that have impacted my life the most, oh boy, I'd give you a whole lot about what I learned with those verses because those were my treasures. Now, some of those messages and Bible studies and teachings that I received led me to that treasure, but I invested the time to read the Bible and to pray so I could find the treasure that God had for me so that my heart could be transformed. I could find the joy that I was looking for, find the hope, the peace, and the freedom that were being offered through the word of God. But I went digging for it. So friends, if you get any glimpse of a treasure today, I don't want you to go back and say, well, Renee quoted this way back in October 25th and said this. What I want you to do is I want you to sit down in a quiet place, open up that word of God, and find that treasure. My message, hopefully, will bring you hope and encouragement, patience, joy, steadfastness in your time of need. But that isn't the treasure. That's the peak, so that you can find the things that are unseen. Then James tells us to establish our hearts. So how do we do that? We have ears to hear. This is from Paradox. This isn't Bruce. (laughs) There's all kinds of treasures in that back closet. Um, We need to hear what God has for us. Um, And how do we do that? Like I said, we spend time in his word. We um, learn to discern God's voice. He speaks to us in a number of different ways, mostly through the word of God. My instruction, my encouragement, my hope has been through pouring over this word and taking the time to figure out what it means. Now, it comes from people like Gwen. I asked her to pray for me. Definitely, she's an encouragement to me. 
have friends that pray over me, offer instructions. So yeah, those are words that God speaks to me uh, through the friends and, and mentors that I have in my life. But most often it's through the word of God. So take the time. Um, I, I was thinking as I was thinking about social media, one of the things, you know, that we do is we scroll through. Now, I'm an Instagram kind of gal, so I just am constantly scrolling through, and if I find something that I think will bring a laugh or an encouragement, maybe I'll stop. When you're reading the Bible, are you scrolling? Are you just checking off that box? Especially on the, um, the plans in uh, version. Um, I, I find some fulfillment in being able to check off the box that I finished that chapter. Um, and so are you scrolling? Or are you actually spending time meditating on the Word of God so you can find that treasure uh, that he has for you? James also tells us not to grumble against one another. And Dave and I had some fun with, with this one. Um, when you see somebody, whether it's somebody that's making a message on social media or somebody in your family or your life that has a couple of rough edges. Now, as a handyman, as a carpenter like my son, um, what do you do with those rough edges? Normally, you would find some sandpaper. But sometimes, we grab a hammer. So when you have a friend who has some rough edges, are you going to, like, hammer that person to death? Over the, no, that was bad. Over the head? <laughs> I was trying really hard not to get carried away with my words. Or are you just going to speak the truth in love? Are you going to come alongside that person and, and gently talk with them about some of those rough edges? Um, James tells us that we have to be careful about this. And let me just tell you, if you haven't listened to Dave's sermons, he spent a very good amount of time talking about how the tongue is like fire in a dry forest. And then uh, one of the things that stuck with me last week is that we should pause before we post. Um, so he spent a good time talking about how we have to be careful about what we say and how we say it. But we want to make sure that our words don't hit each other over the head, but build us up and encourage us. So what I thought was kind of ironic is, uh, you know, I, I am fully aware of how the Lord has equipped me. Um, I have spent time trying to find out who I am in Christ, what my identity is. So I know my spiritual gifts that they talk about in 1 Corinthians 12. I know the talents and the skills that I have as a person, as a nurse. Um, I am seeing evidence of fruit of the Spirit in me. So I, I know these things. And the Lord has invited me to join him this year in the midst of my suffering to bring hope to other people and encouragement. And um, one of the things that you may not know about me is when you give me an assignment, I am off and running. I'm on it. That's how our, our family rolls. So you, we're hardworking, you ask us to do something, we love to help you, and we're gonna, we're gonna get right to it. So I had my tool bucket this year of uh, what I was equipped, fully equipped to do. And then the Lord had told me to start a small group to disciple young ladies. He kept me at work despite my injuries to bring encouragement and hope, pray for people, whether it was over the phone or in person. 
And I thought, good, this is, this is what God wants me to do. I'm not going to be knocked down by the suffering from this year. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I did all of those things without prayer. When Liz and I were talking about this, she was saying that Bruce's little canvas wrapped, uh, you know, that wraps his five-gallon bucket is like the prayer. So we are fully equipped to do everything for godliness and for life. But if we do it without prayer, I was overwhelmed. I was emotionally, spiritually, and physically exhausted. People were praying for me, and that helped. But I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure out what was going on. I was reading the Bible. Sometimes I was scrolling. I was one of those scrollers. Um, and sometimes I was actually meditating like I was supposed to. But I was doing it without prayer. And James tells us in uh, 5, 13, we'll start out in 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power, and it is working. Now, the fun tool for prayer is he lists um, praise, come together when you're sick, when you're suffering. This is a Leatherman. Um, I call it the player thingy. <laughs> and it has all different kinds of fun things about this tool. And uh, it's, it's uh, kind of like my toolbox in the kitchen. Um, so Bruce will often say, go get your toolbox. Uh, so this, we thought this would be good for prayer because there's all different kinds of prayer. There is repentance. There's falling down on your knees and worship to the Lord. There is um, praise. There is um, praying for one another, encouragement, hope. God, I mean, you could just list and list and list. You know, these few verses that James talks about just is like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to prayer. Um, but I wanted to start out with praise. You know, Dave talks about choosing joy. And one of the ways that I chose joy um, is to listen to praise music and to spend time looking up to the Father. And with my very easily distracted mind, I will sometimes literally look up um, and look to the Father. Jesus spent all of his life making a way for us to come to the Father. When he prayed, he said he would often look up and pray to the Father. He was ushering us into the presence of the Father. So take the time to praise him, to focus on who he is, and be ushered um, into his presence. Definitely, when you're suffering. We have a prayer team here. I don't know if you know this. But we get text messages whenever there's a prayer request that is uh, not uh, confidential. It goes through the whole prayer team, and you have any number of people that are praying over you. When you're su we're suffering, ask for prayer. When you're weak and sick, definitely. I can't tell you how many times I've asked for prayer. My small group this year laid hands on me 
and asked for healing over this mysterious pain. When I was studying this scripture and studying these passages, um, the commentaries were saying that the healing that you're receiving isn't physical healing. I've prayed for physical healing for people. I have definitely asked the Lord to physically heal me. That hasn't happened. There's a reason and a purpose for my suffering and for my pain and my chronic illnesses. But I want to tell you that this woman who forgot to pray, when I started praying, the healing that occurred was in my heart. I wasn't physically exhausted anymore. Well, I guess I still was physically exhausted. But I wasn't mentally and spiritually exhausted. The healing that we're looking for isn't always the, well, let me see, the healing that we find is not always the healing that we're looking for. And it goes back to those unseen things. We come to the Father with thanksgiving, making our petitions known to him. We definitely ask him. We have not because we ask not. So ask for that healing. Ask for that hope. But don't allow yourself to be distracted and so focused on that one thing that you miss what he really has for you, which is the healing of your heart to bring you hope and joy, steadfastness and peace. And I, I thought to myself, one of the things as I was doing Bible study this summer with my daughter, is we're reading through the, the Psalms and over and over and over again, it was reading about praise and spending time praising the Lord. But one thing that I heard over again is that he inclines his ear to hear us. And we find that in Psalm 116 too. Friend, I want you to know that you are not too small, that you are not just one of a billion people on this planet. God is not too high above you to hear you, to see you, and to care about you. He inclines his ear to hear you. So that means he bends over in his chair or his throne, and he says, friend, how you doing? And he listens to you, cares about you. That's pretty powerful. And I read that over and over again. I just found one verse that I could share with you. How great is his love towards each of us that the God of the entire universe that tells the stars to shine, the waves to roll, whatever it is that he does, all of those things, he inclines his ear to hear you. Friend, you are loved, and you are cared for, and you are fully equipped in God through the power of prayer and the power of the spirit that lives inside of you. If you, like those Jews that we talked about in the beginning, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he raised again on the third day and was seated in the heavenlies next to the Father, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. The same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead. That is the power that lives inside of you. So yes, choosing joy is a choice. 
Choosing to get up early to read the Bible is a choice. But we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, and we have that power to do that. So, friend, please know that this message isn't just Renee's. Gosh, I'm glad Renee found that. No. This is an invitation for you to experience that same hope, that same joy, steadfastness, patience, love, joy, peace, kindness. All of those things are for each of us. Know that. As we sing our worship music this morning, I want you, whether you're at home listening or whether you are here, we're social distancing ourselves. We're trying really hard to, to do that. Um, take the time to just say, even if you don't have the words, just there's a verse in the Bible that says that when we don't have the words, the Holy Spirit prays for us. So maybe you're just like, okay, God, I'm here. Okay, Jesus, I think you're real. You may be the son of God. Paradox is new. I just kind of stumbled in here. Found this website uh, on Instagram or, or Facebook. Um, but I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I have no idea what I'm here for, but I'm here. Maybe that's where you are today. That's fine. He's so excited that you're here. Um, or maybe you are a child of God, and you're just like, Daddy, this has been a rough year. I need hope. I need strength. He's listening. He's inclining his ear. Take the time to pray for him. If you just need help from one of us because you just have no words, there's a prayer um, team in the back um, that we can pray with you. There'll be something on the screen uh, if you're watching at home. Uh, we get text messages. As a prayer team members, we get text messages to pray with people. We are here for you this morning to help you pray. Thank you. You know, there's so much wisdom uh, in, in what Renee shared, and I love her heart. Can't, can't you just see it? Like, like she's connected to God, um, and it just overflows. And one of the things that really stood out to me as Renee was sharing uh, was when she, she shared that uh, the healing that you're looking, the healing that you find isn't always the healing that you look, you're looking for. And that, that, that hit me right there. I don't, know, I don't know about you, but that hit me. The healing that, that you find when you come to Jesus isn't always the healing that you're looking for. And especially as we filter this whole thing through, through social media, I know that those, there are moments in my life where I am, I am going to social media. I'm going to Facebook, Instagram, Google even, YouTube, looking for something. Maybe I'm just bored. I'm looking for a way to fill my time. You know, yeah, this will be fun. I'll at least escape the, the reality, the pressure of the world. You go there, and isn't it funny how the thing that you thought was going was, was gonna to heal that part of you actually ends up making it a little bit worse. Feel even more bored. Things feel a little bit more hopeless. You're looking for answers, wisdom. And you go on and all you can find are, are, are divisions and arguments and, and differing viewpoints and, and news sources that you don't feel like you can trust. It's hard to get a fact. 
looking for healing in, in some sort of truth, some sort of certainty, we don't find it there. Maybe we're looking for fulfillment. Whether that's on, on, on someone we used to know's uh, profile, scrolling through pictures, just looking for something to bring healing, something to bring a little bit of, just a little bit of life, just to feel good about ourselves or feel good about something. We go there and it doesn't offer, doesn't offer the healing that we were looking for. Whatever it is, we, we, we look to these things. We look to people, we look to things for some sort of healing, but the healing that we are looking for isn't, isn't always what we find. But in Jesus, the healing that we find isn't always the healing that we're looking for. We come to him and he has so much more. He has so much better, so much deeper. He has, he has the answers to, to the, the questions that our soul, we don't even know our soul is asking. His, the, the provision for needs that we don't even know that we have. And that's why we can go to him. That's why he, he's got the tools that we need. So many of us are, we're, we're, we're feeling frustrated. Things are taking too long. We don't have patience because we're, we're, we're just turning to things in life to do a job that they were never meant to do, they were, that they were never designed to do. Some of us, myself included, I just feel like, you know what? I don't even have a, I don't have a tool. I, I don't have a tool in, 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 in this belt right now. When it comes to keeping my emotions together, the anxiety, the worry that I have, being a parent right now, going back to work, paying the bills, trying to get along with family members or friends or whatever it is, getting, just getting through day to day. You're like, man, I, my bucket's pretty empty. It's pretty empty. And I'm just looking for something, something that I could use to try to bring healing into my heart. I, I love these words. It's, it's that, into, a, into the empty buckets out there, into those that are, are frustrated, angry, feeling hopeless because they feel like wrong, they have the wrong tool. And to those of us who feel like they don't have a tool, this is what, this is what 1 Corinthians says. Paul writes, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. I received from the Lord what I delivered to you. When you came in today, you were handed this. It's actually, it's, it's, on, it's on each one of your seats. This is what we know as communion. This is what Paul is setting up when he writes these words to 1 Corinthians. If you're watching at home, this would be a great time for you to find something, anything, whether that's water, milk, I don't know, coffee, some bread. What it is is not important. It's that we do this in remembrance of Jesus. So there's some bread on the top of this and there's some juice at the bottom. But here's what Paul says. He says, I received something from the Lord that I'm also going to pass on to you. The things that we look for in so many other people and places, they're, they're just not available to us. The healing that we're after just won't offer. But Paul says, I received from something only from God. And that is why I have something to pass on to anyone else. The healing that we're after is only found in Jesus, and we receive it from him. It says, I received it from the Lord, and I also now deliver it to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, 
This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When Jesus went to the cross, he gave himself up, his body. He was scarred. He was beaten. He was bruised so that our bodies, mind, soul, flesh, emotions, all of us could be healed in him. That is what that represents. And if you, if you know that, if you want that in Jesus today, that is why we lift this cup. That is why we eat this bread. Would you join me in taking this bread in remembrance of him and may it bring healing to your soul. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant. A covenant is a promise, a promise, a guarantee even, in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is a proclamation to the one who does bring healing, to the one who does restore, to the one who does bring unity, to the one who fills up our empty bucket with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's what he could bring. And he does it because his blood forgives, takes away all the past, takes away the hardship, the pain, the frustration, the hurt and the anger, and he gives us something new instead. Would you join me in drinking the cup of the covenant in Jesus' blood? Father, I just pray that with your body, with your blood inside of us, would you just fill us up with your presence, your Holy Spirit here today? God, we're after so many different things. But I thank you for the word that, that the healing that we're after isn't always the healing that we find, and yours is better. You have so much more for us, God. And I pray that we would set down the tools of destruction, destruction of relationships, destruction of our souls, God, the tools of frustration, the tools of hopelessness, God. We lay it down at your feet, God, and today we take up a new tool. I pray that in it, as we come to you in prayer, a simple cry of our heart, us just sharing what's, what's, what's inside with you, that we would find new hope, new life, new healing in it, God. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful for those that are feeling powerless. It is effective for those who feel that they've been just spinning their, their wheels. God, as we come to you in prayer, may the May this be the new tool that you put in our hands to accomplish the purposes that you've given to each of us. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.